Welcome back, everybody. This is Todd Sylvester with the Todd Sylvester Inspires Belief Cast. Thank you once again for joining us. I want to thank our sponsor, Veracity Networks. And I also want to thank Paul Cardall for letting me use his music to introduce the show and also to close out the show. Thank you so much for believing in me. And I also want to thank the listeners for taking the time week after week after week. I mean, we're cranking and it's just been amazing. I've had some amazing guests on and today's going to be no different. Today we are joined with, uh, with Carden McKinney. Thanks for joining us, Carden. Hey, so good to be here. Yeah. For having me. You betcha. Um, a little background on Carden. She is a recording artist, songwriter, and a model in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, most notably, she was a top contestant in American Idol season seven, which we want to know more about. She starred in international television, commercials, ad campaigns all over the place. Um, she has a company that she's created called the Haven Healing Company. And Carden is a full-time single mother with her sons ages seven and three. And she also serves in her calling in her church as a social media director to the missionaries over the greater Nashville area. And she just had a new single release last week called Feather. And she's going to tell us all how to find that, but I can't wait to, to have her share more about these things. And so Cardin, I can't thank you enough for taking the time out of your busy schedule to be with us today. This is so awesome. I'm seriously <laughs> stoked. Thank you for having me. You betcha. So why don't you tell our listeners, give us a little background on, you know, where you grew up and, and a little bit about your family and childhood. Sure. Um, so I actually was raised in Alabama oh. and a <laughs> small town. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The small town of, of Harvest, Alabama. Okay. And yeah, I am one of, I was one of three. I have a younger sister now, half sister, but grew up with a brother and a sister and, and good parents. Uh, uh, my folks split when I was about eight years old and okay. I was definitely kind of the more you know, black sheep artist type. Since I was very young, I was always oh, yeah? dreaming something up and creating <laughs> something and, you know, getting lost in the woods and people having to call, you know, to find me because I would just be <laughs> in my own little world. So right. yeah, it makes sense that I would, I would kind of grow up and do the, the artistic route of life. Sure. But yeah. Very creative. I, I was a creative child for sure. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> so uh, how old were you when your parents uh, split up? I was eight years old and I was probably about, I don't know, maybe 10 or 11 when my mom remarried my stepdad and he okay. and I are very close. I call him Papa and oh, okay. Um, yeah. He and I have probably a, a much closer relationship that, than I do with my, with my father. And um, I'm grateful for both. And I've seen many sides of, of both types of relationships. And yeah. uh, I got to give a shout out to my stepdad though, cause he's just, he's a wonderful, wonderful support to me. So. Oh, that's wonderful. That's fantastic. Yeah. You know, if you could share a little bit, I mean, I know that's, uh, it's been a long time since that happened, but I would imagine that was a difficult time though, being a child going through that, seeing your parents go through something like that. Yeah, for sure. I think it is something that I understand now more than I did even as a child, because then experiencing my own divorce, I had to do a lot of digging and finding out, okay, where, where did things happen within my own heart and mind that, yeah. um, that needed to heal and that I would repeat some things in my adulthood that I experienced in my childhood. And a lot of us, you know, in self-discovery mode, we, we have to go down that journey and that path. So 
Um, so yeah, it was, it was hard. I found myself wanting to be, um, the strong one a lot of times and to be an emotional support, um, for my, both my dad and my mom. And, um, my mom was a very strong woman and she was an incredible example to me. And I think I, uh, notice now within my life and adulthood that, um, I, particularly might when unhealthy, try to help a little more than I need to and uh, save and support more than I need to, especially when it came to my relationship with men because of that very impressionable age for me and kind of how I watched my, my dad experience things. And so, um, so yeah, it was definitely a tender time and something that I'm grateful for now to understand, to unravel a little bit and to pick apart and to see, okay, this is my inner child needing that healing. I can go back and I can talk to her and I can tell her that she doesn't have to save all of the time and she can be at peace with, um, being expressive and autonomous and creative as, as the child that I really was. Um, and I don't know if you've heard of the Enneagram, but I've studied that personality test a lot and it's helped me understand a lot about the kind of child I was and who I am now. So, Oh, right on. Yeah. So it's something that I've adopted and, and I've really appreciated, but yeah, that's, that's great. Well, and again, I know it's always tough for when kids go through something like that and, um, you know, you, you're a very confident person, very artistic person. You think out of the box. Mm -hmm. Have you always been like that? I mean, is it just, that's just obviously how you always been? Um, you know, I appreciate you saying that sometimes I don't feel like I'm the most confident or creative. (laughs) It's easy for us to compare ourselves. Right. Um, I, I would have to say that, um, you know, I was really taught a lot as a child that hard work equals confidence. Mm. And there was really ne- never much of a emphasis on appearance or what you have. And in fact, we had so very little when I was a very young child. Um, but my mother specifically believed and taught in hard work and, and goodness towards other people would build confidence. Okay. And um, I think as I have learned to work and learned to um, discipline myself, I think it's built a lot of confidence within myself now. Um, I would probably say I was more of a timid child. So okay. it's taken some time <laughs> for sure. Taken some- yeah. Well, I like what you said. You said your mom taught you uh, goodness towards others will also, you know, breed confidence. Yes, for you know, sure. If you know the state of the world right now and what we're going through, I mean, I mean, we need more goodness in this world now more than ever. Um, how, how do you feel like that, that part, because you do come across as this very kind and nice reaching Mm -hmm. out type of person. How has that benefited you uh, understanding that principle your mom taught you? Well, I mean, I think it's one thing to understand a principle and a different thing to then experience life and decide what you would rather become. And I think, I think um, there were many times that, and there's a artist, um, A.R. Rahman, I think is his name. And he said, in my life, I could, I have chosen, I could have chosen love or hate. And I always chose love. And I've loved that quote since I was probably about 19 or 20, because I figured out quickly that it would become a choice of whether I wanted to be kind and spread light and share goodness Or if I wanted it to be more about me and kind of vanity or success 
or, um, more selfishness. And I think, you know, I still battle those things, but I, right. I it, it's been very impressionable for me. And I try, I think now, uh, I've just been very inspired and I'm a woman of faith. And there's a scripture that says, you know, let your light so shine before men. And it's always hit me very hard that, you know, this is the goal is I don't need to hide or question myself and my abilities. Sometimes, you know, I am what I am, but I can shine where I stand and hopefully be a little bit of a brighter corner of the world and do what I can in that respect, you know? Yeah. Boy, very well said. Shine where you stand. That is beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's, you. you know, there's a lot to talk about, but I want to touch on a few of these things. So we, we mentioned that you're a songwriter, you're an artist, you know, you're a model. Um, you were on, you actually were on American Idol season seven. Talk about that experience a little bit and how, how that yeah. all. Yeah, <laughs> it was wild. Um, well, I told you I was like a really creative child. And I think with all the modeling and all the singing and all the everything, I just wanted to be in the arts and found myself in musical theater. And then from there, just sort of, you know, learning how to make an income and, and doing the commercials and all the things. American Idol came around because my sister actually was really sort of, uh, she was just, she watched every season. She was just a huge fan. (laughs) Uh-huh. And she finally convinced me to just, she's like, let's go to Atlanta and let's just see what happens. Right. And we'll make it a girl's trip with mom, you know? And <laughs> sure enough, they kept, they kept putting me through the rounds. And I was like, what? <laughs> I didn't, I didn't even know for sure that I wanted to be on this. And now here I am and I'm stressing out and I'm meeting Simon Cowell and Paul Abdul and all this stuff. So um, it was wild. It was just, it was definitely reality TV. We know, we know what that is now. There's right. uh, a definitely, you know, like a new pressure, things that you find out about yourself that you weren't always aware of because now you have millions of people watching your audition and your Hollywood week and all of that. But um, <laughs> it taught me a lot. It taught me a lot about the kind of artist I would want to be or wouldn't want to be and uh, how I, you know, operate under pressure versus when um, I'm in my creative flow and when everything around me is set up, you know, and I've got candles and I've got a guitar, that's me in my magic zone. Right. Okay. But me, um, on a, on a stage, you know, in those scenarios, those were kind of counterintuitive to the kind of like creative life I wanted to live. And so when the time came to go home, it was a really great experience to understand this is really where I see myself going and impacting in the ways that I can in this direction. And I did become um, a published songwriter in Nashville on Music Row, which is just a huge, you know, um, honor and something that I've been so proud of. And that's amazing. Through that experience, you know, understood this is where I want to be. I want to be in Nashville. I want to be writing and I want to be, um, living something that feels very creative and, and nourishing to my own heart and soul, you know, instead of sort of dry. So, so yeah. (laughs) What an, what an accomplishment. I mean, did you ever see yourself in Nashville doing this, you know, when you were younger? I don't think I saw a teenager and also in music um, production and, and developmental deals and things like that. 
And Nashville was so close to home in Alabama. And so I I don't know if I ever really saw myself in Nashville. Um, But then once the opportunity presented itself and actually left college to move to Nashville and um, it was just like, it was home, but, but even more so because I was in suddenly this creative community of people that were like me. And like I said, I had always felt like a black sheep and suddenly I was (laughs) like, Oh, people understand me. This is so great. We're all so similar. And um, Nashville all in all is just the heart of the community is so big yeah, and so beautiful. And so, yeah, I love being here. Yeah. Well, you know, there's a, there's a quote, uh, I'm not sure who said it, but you know, we're never more fully alive when we feel connected. And it, and it sounds like that's what you felt like when you got there. And then these people understand me, I understand them. And totally. you know, that connection piece probably was really good for you at that time. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And still okay. is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, let's shift gears just a little bit. I know this is probably a, you know, at times tough to talk about, but you know, back in 2018, you went through, you know, you know, one of your own, you know, losses and, you know, you know, tough of tough, tough traumatic event. Why don't you talk a little bit about that for our listeners? Yeah. You know, I haven't talked about my divorce a lot and, um, and so I'm thankful for the opportunity now to do so having had a couple years since then and Mm -hmm. time gone by to heal. Um, I, yeah, I, we actually separated at the beginning of 2018 in January of that year. So most of that year for, for me, uh, was single. It was a lot Mm -hmm. of, there was separation and then there was the finalization. And, um, I think what was most surprising probably is the trauma of, kind of realizing, um, that you are in a place and when you, when you have that realization that there's, there's not a quick fix and there's going to be a lot of loss involved, that Mm -hmm. is, that's very difficult. And, um, and I had a very young baby. He was only 10 months old. You know, I was still nursing him in the middle of the night and, (laughs) And staying at friends' houses and you know what I mean? Like it was just, it was such a a tender, tender time, but um, also a time for just miracles. There were so many miracles that surrounded me and I've kind of just harped on this so much um, on my Instagram and and with my Haven Healing Company. But, um, you know, those moments of such intense loss, are, are there to be lessons and also um, moments where we can really be walking with God, walking with the people that love us um, as well. Yeah. And having that opportunity to be kind of held together um, by forces outside of ourselves. It was a humbling experience. And I'm also very grateful to have had it. And like I said, I tended to be someone who saved and in those right. moments, um, I was just struggling to breathe, you know? (laughs) And so it was really interesting to watch and see how other people helped to carry me through that experience. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, you know, I love that you said that you're now grateful for it. And Mm -hmm. some people might be going, what, are you kidding me? That, you know, you went through that, that, you know, why would you be grateful for that? So that's the question I have for you. Why are you grateful for it? I mean, I know that's a big question, but if you could sum it up, why were you grateful that you went through something so hard? Um, I'm pausing because I have so many reasons. I'm trying to pick the first one. Well, you can say it. I am, it's okay. 
<laughs> I am grateful for how it really uncovered me. I think I've learned who I truly am in that process Ooh, wow. and to love that person. Wow. And I think for a long, long time, I avoided and didn't even want to see the, that part of me. Um, vulnerability is hard for all of us. Right. But now also who I've become, I've thought about it very recently too. And I, I'm always just like praying. I'm like, God, you have truly made me into something else and yeah. it's a new thing. And, um, I feel so much empathy for other people when they go through something that's difficult yeah. that I think is beautiful about loss is that we can kind of hold each other's hands in that process. Yeah. I've become a more just tender person. I'm more careful in good ways with yeah. how I treat others and wow. how I respond to other people in their, in their pain, or even if they're not open about their pain, but you can see that they have right. whatever medical conditions. I just, you know, you feel your heart open a little bit more. Um, and I think, for those times that we're sort of ripped wide open, there's, there's beautiful reasons why. And um, so I'm, I'm so grateful for that. And to understand also my own resiliency and um, you know, I raised these boys in Nashville alone. Their father lives out of state and it was a, a something that, you know, he needed to do to be out of state. Yeah. And so it's really the three of us most of the time. And I have, I have, begged some nights to be enough for them. And yeah. I've seen that I, when I'm not enough for them, um, you know, God steps in and helps and, and uh, it really allows us to be humble in those moments and to see how small we are. And also to see how, um, how big our faith can become when we're yeah. really pushed up against those things. So sure. Wow. Grateful in a lot of ways. <laughs> yeah, no, that's beautifully said. Thank you for sharing that. You know, I know you've mentioned too that because of what you've been through, it also helps you with um, the way you write and release your music, right? Like Absolutely. it's helped you in that capacity as well, correct? Yeah, and I'm so glad you say that because um, there was a time when I couldn't I couldn't write at all, which is really bizarre for me because I've I've actually always been a, you know a writer and um and it was just turned off and mm -hmm. I lost so much of myself and my voice that when I started writing again and it really came from those very tender places of what I've experienced and um whether, you know, my last single and it's more about just fun and like hope. And, and for me, um, just sort of dancing around and being happy and joyful feather, this new song is a hundred percent about my healing journey, oh, you know? Wow. Okay. And when I wrote it, I couldn't stop crying. I was just like, ah, <laughs> the tears just kept pouring out because uh -huh. I had been strumming my guitar and I just kept saying, I think that I'm finally better. I'm finally as, as light mm -hmm. as a feeling as light as a feather. And I would just say over and over, I think that I'm finally better. And it was this realization for me of, I think the storm has passed, you know, yeah. and I, I'm finally light again and I'm not so held down. Right. And, um, and so, you know, loss is what it is, but what beautiful things come from it and from the healing process, yeah. healing 
is just such a beautiful experience if you're able to look at it and truly let go and truly forgive and truly yeah. move on you see like this is the stuff that life is about you yeah. know this is the stuff that really betters us yeah so. i love that you know one of the things i tell my clients that i work with all the time that life happens for us mm, the yes. good and the bad and 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 really if you look at it that way, there's really no bad things in the long run, because if you've learned and grown from this, which you're stating very well, you, it, it was actually a good thing in that sense, because yeah, there was some loss, but like you just said, how many of these great blessings you've gained from it? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I love that so much. And I fully believe and had like a very strong experience and understanding that, um, you know, these, these hardest times are really for our good and our gain. Yeah. And that realization is so difficult when you're in the moment and you're like, how could this possibly be good for me? <laughs> I'm like <Right. laughs> literally laying in the floor crying, like how <laughs> and not eating or whatever. Right. But, um, but every time, like, you know, you really realize that that was something that became a blessing in the end, you know, and I'm so thankful that I didn't stay in the place that I was in. Um, sure. You know, in terms of as who I was, because I do feel so bettered by the experience as a whole. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you for sharing that. So let's talk a little about this company that you've created, the the Haven Healing Company. Tell us what that's about and and why you decided to do something like this. Yeah. So I started sharing a lot of my healing experience on Instagram. Um, mm-hmm. And I had so many people reaching out and asking questions about, you know, not just divorce, but things, really hard things that they had experienced in their lives. And which is where the empathy really just my heart just expanded so much. I wished I had some kind of roadmap to show people, you know, and and would always say, ah, there's no really real way to do this. You just, you navigate it and you just do your best. But then um, I kept a very, very uh, detailed journal throughout my separation and my divorce. And some of the experiences had become so traumatic that I wouldn't be able to sleep at night until I could meditate and breathe and, and kind of what I call release. I had to release it, you know, all the experience. And so, um, as I understood that, and I studied a lot about the nervous system and panic attacks and all these things. And I thought, okay, how can I counteract these, these emotions and, and just gain some really beautiful habits. And so when I went back and I started reading my journal again, I saw the same pattern over and over again that I had been experiencing, which was, there was always a release period of Uh anger or crying or uh, something. And I, you know, it would feel like I could release an emotion And then there would be like this restoration period of remembering who I am, what I was created for, where I'm going, who am I, what is, you know, why am I here? What's my voice? What, you know, what's the point (laughs) (laughs) and restoring my own personality almost. And then, um, the, 
the receive part of it came after kind of this beautiful, miraculous experience of seeing this rainbow on this one day that just, I felt like really every, I was like, I don't know, man. I don't know if I can go on. <laughs> you know, it was like yeah. just a really hard day. This rainbow pops into the sky and I'm like, okay, that means something. I know that means something. And read about rainbows and it's about, you know, covenant of peace and a promise that there will be peace in your life. So oh. I saw it and I started scribbling down on a notepad, re release, restore, receive. <laughs> and I was like, these are the things, this is the pattern everyone's been asking me about. So I just created the Haven as this sort of community so that we could kind of just get together and link arms and go through everything that I knew holistically could help someone. Um, because I do believe that we are the haven we seek. We are able to self-heal um, in so many beautiful ways. Of course, sometimes we do need professional help. I love right. professional counseling, of course, and medication if needed, but still some practices we could do at home to where we felt empowered to do them. Yeah. And so I did, I created the course and also the account. So I can, and I privately even have coached as well, just, Oh wow when we need those moments of <clears throat> kind of intense releasing and restoring. And I just walk you through guided meditations and things okay. that have just really been a huge help to me. So I uh, it's been a, a beautiful little passion project that I can kind of pour into. I do it really just once a year or so when I hold the course um, okay. and it's just been an opportunity for me to feel like I can get back and that I can share what I have gained, you know, yeah, in the healing right. process and help people kind of move out of that stuck feeling that trauma can really do to our brains and can kind of have us rehearsing yeah. um, more of what's not good for us. And so I, I'm hoping to help other people flip that switch a bit. Yeah. Well, again, another, another blessing that have, has come from your you know, tragedy, so to speak, that you've been through. Mm -hmm. But now look what you get to do. You, you're helping other people who are going through the same thing. And you're now in that position to be able to do that and give back. I mean, it's just, I love it because it's just so beautiful how life just really does happen for us. Yeah, <laughs> right? totally right. Absolutely. Yeah, there was a time where I took uh, scholarship applications, and I was just reading what people had experienced and gone through. And I just sat and I, I just wept and I uh -huh. wept and I wept because I thought how, how neat of an experience to now that I have, you know, we're always healing and I, I feel like I'm still always working on things, but to feel on this side of it and that I can right. hold space for someone else as they walk through it, it's just been such an honor to, to be able to do so. Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. Wonderful experience. That's awesome. Tell us, real. Um, what does a day look like for you? What's what does a day in the life look like for you? I mean, you said, <laughs> I know you're busy, but what does a yeah. typical day look like? Um, <laughs> gosh, I, I'm sure it's not that interesting. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, the, so I'll give you a couple of things. So okay. the first thing I do when I wake up, I have. If I could show you, I would. But I have this little crystal. It's a rainbow maker. I told you I'm like obsessed with rainbows. Right, sure. It hangs, it hangs in my windows. So I always open my blinds and it kind of bursts these rainbows all over the walls in my oh, room. Cool. My kids love it. And yeah, so man. I open my blinds and I usually try to make my bed and I say a prayer and I just get 
get going with my day. You know, my kids are my life. And yeah. for a long time, I thought, oh, maybe I should be doing other things. And then mm-hmm. I really realized quickly that they are the things. And that's the most right. important work that I do. And I'm so thankful to be a, a, a mom to my beautiful boys. And so, yeah, we hustle the, the morning schedule with them. And um, typically I just, I like to work out and mm-hmm. I feel like there's a lot of release in working out. And yeah, right. I developed a running habit, you know, during my divorce and I still run <laughs> a couple miles um, when I can. And so I like to, to, to do that. And typically, you know, with working on social media, we do a lot that's on our phones and through zoom. And so I'll work for several hours throughout the day and, uh, pick up my boys. We've got karate and I always try to make dinner and sit down and eat dinner. I, for a while I stopped cooking dinner because I thought, well, we're not a complete family. So just go eat macaroni in front of the TV. (laughs) And then, uh, and then that shifted for me. And I thought, no, this is the family that they know. This is what family is. And so now we sit down at the table, you know, we eat dinner together and we, we do the thing. And, and then a lot of times at night I will take meetings and I still very much probably several times a week, I will light my candles and burn my sage yeah. And I will meditate and yeah. I'll get my guitar and I'll, and I'll write music. Mm. And um, sometimes that turns into studio time and being yeah. with great people who are creatives and um, talking with great people like you. So, oh, so yeah. You. <laughs> no, that sounds, that sounds wonderful. And, and, and again, I know you're busy and you got a lot going on, but I know those kids mean most to you. And that's, I'm glad you Thank pointed you. that out. I think, you know, when you hear that you're an artist and a songwriter and a model, everyone's thinking, Oh, I wonder what the day looks like for, for Cardin. <laughs> I'm sure it's like limousines picking her up and you know what I mean, all this stuff. <laughs> but no. you're like, no, we were eating mac and cheese and we're you know, <laughs> oh, <on TV."> yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Work that's why that's why work is fun because <laughs> you know, if I work a couple times a month, I actually might get to go hang out with friends on a set somewhere, but but the everyday is just and I really prefer it that way. I'm a creature of habit and I, I always wanted to be a soccer mom. And I think, I think that is really the best part of life is the very small, simple things. For sure. Um, That's my, it's my favorite moment to recognize little miracles every day. It's my favorite time to, to just kind of eat up their childhood together. And I don't share it on social media really, because it's just the thing that's just for me. Just for you. Sometimes I share my kids, but it's really just, it's the thing that I kind of keep most private almost because I just, it's really special, sacred time. So exactly. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, I heard you say once in an interview that I was watching, you said, let belief transform your heart. Mm. You remember saying that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> can I you, do. can you just, you know, tell us what, what, what do you mean by that? And, and, and why did you say that? Because I love that. I, I, it was a really touching interview that I watched of you and you were yeah. very emotional and, and yeah. I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. I'm glad that you, you even remember it and would bring it up. Cause it's, <laughs> it was such a tender moment, I think, and that <clears throat> there was so much loss and I, and I knew that it was kind of that pivotal moment that I had mentioned earlier where you could kind of just give up. And Lysa Turker says that you, you cannot wave the banner of victory and victimhood at, 
simultaneously. Oh, wow. I love that quote. And so it was kind of that moment where I thought at this point, I feel like I've lost everything and I could just stay small and sad and just accept, accept it and live a a small kind of sad existence and go through the motions. Yeah. Um, and nurse the pain and another great quote is that ego loves pain. Right. And so we want to replay those things that happen to us yeah. and we stay in the victim mentality and it's okay to feel pain. It's important to feel pain. Right. It, it has a purpose. Right. But, but to nurse it and to, you know, to make that your banner, your story over your life. <clears throat> I just came to this realization. It was sort of an epiphany moment where I realized that belief in something else and hope, hope will literally transform us. It will transform our heart. And it's a vulnerable thing to hope. I hope I don't start crying. I probably will. (laughs) Because it's a man, it's really been on my heart for the last couple of weeks personally, but um, hope is very vulnerable and it can feel very tender to think, you know, I think I'm going to go for it. I think I'm going to try. I think I'm going to make the music or date the person or, (laughs) you know, believe that there's a job opportunity here or a raise there. And I'm going to go ask for it. Like those are vulnerable experiences for us as humans, but even hope itself, whether it realizes and it comes to fruition or not, it will trend. I know I've lived it. It transforms the way that we live. Every day is different when we believe in something, when we hope for something every day can become something that, you know, especially right now, I'm not, I'm not buying into the world and the, all the darkness. Yeah, I get it. It exists. And it's tough on all of us. It's very tough, but I'm not going to buy into the fact that I have to bow down to the darkness and the toughness. And that's just where we are. And that's where we're going to stay. I I have so much hope hope, um, maybe to a fault that things, things improve and not only improve, but our greatest days are ahead of us. Mm -hmm. And so I choose to believe that. And when I chose that and I held on to it, I had to, I was forced to let go of the victimhood and I was forced to let go of the old story. And when I was letting go of the old story, I became something new too. And that is, that is all I could hope and pray to leave as my maybe small legacy <laughs> one day when I'm gone, you know, is yeah. that we can choose, we can choose to believe. Man, that is so well said. Thank you for sharing that. That was Thank amazing. You. Yeah, Thank you, you betcha. What a message. Well, I know, I know our time's kind of short here. I, I would, I would like you to share with our listeners, how can they find your new single feather? And yeah. also how, if they want to know more about your company and more about you, what's the best way for them to, you know, reach out to you and, and follow you. You're awesome. So, um, so first of all, feather is out, um, on all streaming platforms. Um, so you can find it anywhere where you stream music and okay. you can also download it if you love it and you want it as a ringtone. So Spotify, nice. Apple music, Amazon music, everything has it. And that's so, so exciting. Feather, and you can find it um, just Cardin McKinney being my artist name and the song Feather. 
Um, my Instagram account is a double underscore two underscores Cardin, C-A-R-D-I-N. And um, you can find links to the Haven Healing Company there, or you okay. can visit at the Haven Healing Co., which is C-O, if you need a little just self-care, self-love boost just to yeah. follow, as well as if you if you message that account, I can chat with you about my course or my coaching. But but yeah, um, I would love to connect. I'd love to connect with your audience. And I'm, yeah. I'm thankful to be able to chat with you. No, I, this has been our blessing to have you on today and um, the way you live your life. And I know you've been through some hard times, but just the way you've handled it and you learn and in the stuff you share now with people. And I just, you know, I, like I said, I've followed you for a while now and I just, I couldn't wait to have you on. And uh, mm-hmm. so I can't thank you enough for spending some time out of your busy schedule to, to spend uh, or to share with us some amazing things that, uh, that you've learned and grown from over the, over the years. <laughs> of course. Thank you so much. You betcha. So uh, you said shine where you stand and you definitely do shine Cardin and I'm grateful to know you a little better now and, uh, and I'm thankful for this. Uh, So I want to tell our listeners, please reach out to Cardin, please uh, download and listen to her new single feather. And, um, and I know Cardin would uh, reach out to you back if you have a question for her or anything like that. So please do that. And I can't thank all of you for listening and for following me and making this podcast you know, it's trending on iTunes and Google Play, and I just feel so blessed because of that. And again, thanks for all of you. And, and Cardin, once again, thank you for spending some time, and I hope to talk to you soon. Absolutely. Thank you so much. You bet. Thank you, Cardin. <laughs>